coming up, we remember our favorite moments from the past eight years of the Diz Unplugged as we celebrate our anniversary. Coming up next, from the Bob Varley Studios in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 726 for the week of July 29th, 2014. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, John Magi, Kevin Close. Kathy Whirling, Corey Martin, and back in the production nook, our producer, Dustin West, along with associate producers, Craig Williams and Sean Thompson. Craig, what is that on your hat? It is called the Fire Dancer. It's the logo for Dave Matthews Band. Oh. The Fire Dancer. Sorry, your mic was off there for a second. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> no, just curious. <laughs> what is that? Um, all right. So believe it or not, folks, it has been eight years since we recorded our first episode of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. I specify that because technically I think it was early June uh, when the first iteration of our show went live and was not a very big success. So (laughs) it was retooled and redone in the format basically it is now. Um, Obviously a lot has changed over the last eight years, but it has been eight years that we have been doing this. Incredible. Which is kind of of wild. As I get older, time seems to compress and expand. Sometimes it feels like we just started this last week, and other times it's like I've been doing this since birth. It just, you know, (laughs) time seems to stretch and contract. I have another anniversary for you. We kind of missed it because usually I make an announcement about it but this month is Dreams Unlimited Travel's 15th anniversary wow 15 years in business no honey 1999 yeah November November is when we opened opened our virtual doors but July is when we incorporated okay well, I, we always celebrate that in, the, in November, though. Well, I celebrate it twice because I like <laughs> the presents. That's great. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's odd because, I mean, the Diz itself, 17 years old and was 17 in June, um, along with the boards. And uh, Dreams is 15. 15. And my youngest is 8. <laughs> um, and uh, it, baby. it's my baby, yeah. Uh, it, it's. You know the, those those anniversaries, especially where the, where the where the site is concerned, are very very nostalgic for me because I remember very distinctly uh, what was going on in the run up to creating these things and 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 bringing them online. And uh, you know, uh, I, I mention this all the time in the Bob Varley when we do our Bob Memorial shows that you know this was something Bob pressured me about for years. Uh, almost from the first, from the beginning, when Bob first came into the company, uh, because he had done he had done a, a, a show on cable access in Massachusetts, and so he always wanted to do something like that. And we didn't have we didn't really have the resources um, early on to be able to do this. We you know we spent a lot of money um, on equipment and microphones just doing the audio version yeah. of the show, let alone what we spent now doing this doing the video version but going back to that can you picture hitting on us 
hitting us at the beginning, we were all freaked out about talking. Oh, yeah. The idea of being yeah. seen and talking, I thought we should all have stage names when we started. <laughs> and I thought, people are going to recognize us and people are going to it, it just was weird. Everything. Not, I'm sorry, go ahead. go ahead. Everything was very behind the scenes. You right. Know? And then we, we come on and talk. It was like, so, I mean, okay. I mean, yeah, we were scared to talk the first yeah. exactly. seven years. We also had, everybody had very busy jobs. We still do. Everybody was super, super busy. See, the idea that, okay, now you're going to prep for a show once a week and you're going to come and sit on a show once a week was almost overwhelming. Yeah. That's kind of why we went to that original format with the people who were talking for us was because we thought, let's at least give that to them to yeah. do. But it just wasn't genuine. It just wasn't. Do you remember the episodes where we would type out our stories and sit here and read them? Yes. <laughs> and, and yes. It, you read one in the convention room at uh, Beach Club, uh, Boardwalk. It was. It trying was to look a, for the quiet spot. On property yeah. to read it. Yeah, it was, you know, there was definitely a learning curve for us in terms of what format was going to work. Um, but as soon as we went to a roundtable format and just, you know, were ourselves, basically, and it was just a more authentic show, uh, that's what people responded to. And we've just kind of built on that over the years when I think about how the audience has grown um, to the point that it is, the point that it's at now, to uh, how just in how, how much the team has grown, how much the company itself has grown. Yeah. When you meet um, people, do they say, wow, you're just like you are on the podcast? <laughs> and I think I have trouble having one personality. You know, like uh, eight years, everything kind of seems, um, you know, we have our, our points uh, in these eight years where things change. And when you meet listeners and they say, I've been listening since Bob was on the show. Right. You know, okay, okay, that was a while back. Yeah. So you definitely know. So people start, uh, I started listening when you went video. Yeah, there's different there, there mile markers. Yeah, mile, mile Right. But I also think about, do you realize how many um, life events mm. we've been through? That, I'm, you know, I don't share highly personal information, but we kind of share wow. what's going on in our lives. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how much that has, how much has happened in the last Births eight and years. Deaths Births and transitions. And, yeah. and well, you know, what's funny, and, and Dustin pointed this out to me yesterday when we were prepping for the show, um, that, you know, we asked the team to tell us you know what their uh memorable moments their favorite moments of the last eight years were as, as we asked all of you um and a lot of the team kind of came back with things like you know the friends i've met and the way it's changed my life here or there and the experiences we've had um it's been a very different you know it kind of dawned on me that it's been a very different experience for us versus our audience um, because the audience was very specific about certain things, certain moments on the show that that they that they remember, and um, I have to tell you that uh, you know I, I I won't give it away yet, but just this morning, one of the clips that Dustin pulled had me I just uh, crying, laughing. Um, it was so good, um, and you know they 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 reminded me of things I'd forgotten about. Yeah. What's you know? funny about that is people will come up to us and say, do you remember when you guys talked about this? It's like, no, I don't remember. It <laughs> I, have, I have no I mean, idea. I don't, I don't have as much interaction with the show once we leave here as you guys do. Right. I don't edit it. I don't colorize it. I don't... <laughs> I'm not Ted Turner. It's <laughs> 1955 and they're adding color after the fact. I don't do any of that. So once I leave here, it's kind of like it's come and gone. I also find out that people put things on their iPod and listen to us more than once. That's also Guilty. not something I do. So 
when people say to me, do you remember, you know, in 2011, you said you don't like the color red, and I think, <laughs> I don't. Was I serious? <laughs> I don't remember saying that. Yeah. It's, it's, a, different, it's yeah. a different experience from this side. It is. It is. Um, you know, I... Um, uh, one of my... One of, and one of the great joys of doing this for me, truth, truth be told, is that I get to rant. Um, I just ranted on, on the last show, and you know, a lot of you—not all of you, to be to be certain—but a lot of you uh, have definitely responded to that. Uh, one of the, uh, one of the ones that uh, that that that's one of the topics that came up a lot yeah. in the favorite moments were some of my rants: uh, the guest assistance card rant, Starbucks, the peanut shells um, <laughs> in the Magic Kingdom. Uh, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter opening. Um, Rachel Walter wrote, I'm so embarrassed to say that I just recently in the last year found the Diz. I was searching YouTube for videos on Disney hotels and your seven resorts and seven days videos popped up. I watched all of them and instantly fell in love with every member of the Diz family. I love watching you all interact with each other as your personalities are so vastly different, but you all mesh together so well. Uh, since I watched all the 7 and 7 videos, I wanted to see what the Diz was really all about. My husband and I started watching your weekly news shows as well as the Universal Edition. We love it all and wouldn't miss an episode. However, my absolute favorite moments, hands down, is when Pete rants. Not because I like confrontation. In fact, I hate it. But for, for someone to speak up for disabled and handicapped people is so incredibly heartwarming. Uh, often these people don't have a voice and they aren't seen. And there are people like Pete who acknowledge them and make things right in the world, if only for a moment. Thank you for making a point to address these bullies and egotistical jerks, although sometimes I'm one of them, um, that do not deserve your time, breath, or energy, yet you do it anyway. Sleep peacefully at night after you go on about how there's a special place in hell for them. Um, <laughs> You're not confrontational. <laughs> no, no, I'm not confrontational at all. Um, no, but but I, even like in chat on the last show, like when you said you were going to rant, you can see her by getting ready. Here it is. Here it is. It's coming. It's coming. We ready? Get and I know, I know that not everybody, not everybody likes it. And you know, that's just the way of the world. Some people are going to like it. Some people aren't. But as I said, you know, what we, what we strove, what we have, what we have, what we strove to create here in this show was something authentic. Um, not get on here and do shtick every week. Um, not give you what we think you want to hear, but just kind of be honest and be ourselves. Uh, when people point out how different our personalities are, yet we seem to mesh. Um, that tells me that we're accomplishing that because our personalities are all very different. Um, yet we do. We do mesh because we're very close. It's a very close group. We're at each other's throats sometimes, to be sure. But we love each other very much, and I'm glad that that, that translates. Um, but for me, being authentic is about ranting because anybody who knows me I think off, people- off air uh, knows that I, I will go off on things, and I'm very animated about it so you're not seeing anything that i'm just doing for the show uh dustin got a a, a front row seat to that rant on saturday i saw the entire creation process from beginning <laughs> to execution and as we got out of the car to walk over to downtown disney i said that's it i'm ranting about this on tuesday um this, something's got to be said about this but i'm sorry so Kevin, i think people assume we all live in one big house too well, you know, do you all hang out together? Yes, we go everywhere together. <laughs> a trip to Walgreens is a, a group experience. And I think it's, um, I think people would be surprised to see that. I mean, you guys live, work together more closely than we do. I, but I don't see you except on Tuesdays. 
Yeah, usually. For the I most mean, part, yeah. You know, and but, it's... But it's also... We've known each other for so long. We've had we've experienced so much together. It's one of those relationships where, if even you know, I miss you. Like when you guys went away to the South Pacific, um, I miss the hell out of you guys. Well, we miss you but, guys too. It was weird, you know. We said it, it's time to go back. You know, we've been away long enough. It's you feel like I, I'm not part of what I should be part of, but. I think it's like the Beatles. They assume they all lived in one big house. You know, we're not. We live kind of spread out. And I think there's also an assumption that this is our full-time job, what we're doing here. Um, And for nobody, with the exception, the sole exception of Dustin, um, this is nobody's full-time job. Um, We all have other things that we're doing. And... This is something that we have to we have to squeeze in once a week. Right, we carve out this spot. Yeah, right. right exactly. There's also something else too. We do for the most part a show a week. There's a couple of weeks we take off every year, and people have different vacations. But this isn't like you know a TV show where they film a couple of weeks and then they're done. I mean, we're doing this week after week after week. So those breaks, I think, are necessary for us to come back. Exactly. And really be. Better because otherwise I'd sit here and go. Mm. You all have things done at your houses. You all have make doctor's appointments. What's the first thing you say on the phone to people? Can't do Tuesday. I can't do it on Tuesday. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. I've been saying that a lot lately because right. I'm having to have some work done on the house, and I keep telling these guys, it's true. "Oh, we'll be there Tuesday at two. No, you won't. Oh, right. <laughs> Locked out. Yep. No, you won't. Um, but John, what? Uh, looking back over the last eight years, what are some of the moments that stand out to you? I think I I reflected a lot of what. Kevin said when he sent in his the firsts are big when we do our first live show was huge we did our first podcast cruise was huge it's kind of that realization that people are tuning into us and people are responding to us and along those lines the first time we meet people is always huge for us when people say I listen to the show and then it expands out to where do those firsts occur outside of what's already happened I tell a story about how we were in um, the Apple store a couple weeks ago, and the young man was helping me, saying, you were in here a couple weeks ago. And I said, no, I haven't been in here in a year. Because I recognize you. And finally he said, oh, I know. You're on a podcast. You do a podcast about Disney, and I watch your show, and you guys are great, and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, you know, you have to do that click thing where you go, oh, shoot, it's a listener. <laughs> <laughs> I can't call his manager I, over and get him fired. I have a, I have a funny story to share uh, that I was going to share on the uh, the Alani show on the 19th, but I'll do it now. Um, got to Alani, checked in, lovely young lady, checked us in. And uh, I was just, it, it had been kind of a, a hectic morning. And I wasn't nasty or anything, I just wasn't overly bubbly. Um, it's very, you know, I was nice, I was, you know, polite, I, but I just wasn't my, you know, usually I try and Cherubic be. Cherubic self? Well, those, <laughs> I, I really do try, you know, especially checking in, I try and be conscious of the fact that, you know, this is a frontline cast member, and I really try and go out of my way to be nice to them. Um, and it wasn't that I was mean to her. I just wasn't overly bubbly. Um, and so she checks me in. Our room was ready. It was 10 o'clock in the morning. It was just a seamless experience checking in. Um, and then some things happened. I had to change my plans and come home early. I had to come home two days early. So I, I went to front desk and got in line. And the same girl, I believe her name was Samantha. Jennifer. 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 Okay. <laughs> Steve. I think it was Steve. <laughs> Jennifer um, walks up to me and she goes, hello, Mr. Warner. How can I help you? I'm like, oh, my God. She remembered my name. How impressive is that? And I said, unfortunately, we've got to cut our stay short. I have something happening back home. I'm going to have to leave. 
And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. And she's doing stuff on the computer. She goes, I, I probably should have said this the other day, but I was nervous. She goes, I love your show. I watch Aww. you all the time. <laughs> That's really sweet. And I'm like, oh, like you said, all of a sudden, oh, crap. How, I knew I wasn't in a great mood that morning. I said to her, I'm sorry if I was, if I was off the other day. She's like, no, you were fine. I'm like, okay, because I was just, you know, kind of, you know, it was a lot going on, and I just wasn't, I wasn't all here. Well, I also think there's something that when you're out, and, you know, you're you're having meat sliced at the deli counter at Publix, your mind's not on this show, no. you know? Right. You're a thousand miles from here. And to have someone mention it that all of a sudden you have to snap back to, no, I want the rare roast beef. To talk to somebody who's a listener, while it's wonderful to meet them, you think to yourself, oh, I didn't dress appropriately. We tell the story of our first encounter in the park with someone recognized us by our voice. It was uh, for a Christmas party, and we were waiting to go see the Christmas show. And so that was a very odd experience, but it was very cool at the same time. And as you sort of get used to that, even though you can't really get used to it, you kind of expect it when you go into onto Disney property. You kind of say to yourself, I may meet somebody who watches the show. Yeah, That's sort of yeah. in the back of your head. When you're not on Disney property, it comes as more of a shock. It does. Right. There's right. a gentleman who works in our Home Depot in St. Cloud who is a listener to the show. And when you're walking into Home Depot and you think to yourself, I have to get a can of white paint, you're not in show mode, you know what I mean? So it's always sort of a snap that... I definitely try to think about it every time I'm in the park. I mean, it happened. It's great when they come up and talk to you, yes. like when our listeners talk to you, but when they you hear a few days later that they saw you and... Yeah. And they saw you not only just walking around the park, but sneaking your wife into the men's bathroom because she was pregnant. <laughs> and it was that food and wine festival, and the, her line was too long. But you, hit, you get a message on Facebook. Was that you sneaking Julie into the bathroom? Yes. You know, what rem- else did you see? <laughs> I remember I was, it was the first podcast cruise, and I was yelling at Katie for something in the elevator. Like, <laughs> we needed to be out of here 10 minutes ago, whatever it was. That will and, happen. And this lady turns to me and goes, Usually it's Katie you- yelling at her. <laughs> But this lady goes, oh, my goodness, you're Kathy from the podcast. And I learned after that never to yell at Katie in public because somebody's going to know me. I, I worry about that all I had, an, I had an altercation with a cast member at Candlelight Processional. It was my mom and dad and I. And they insisted that one of us on Christmas Eve and that one of us was going to sit off by ourselves. And we said, no, we will take the seats in the back rather than take the accessible seats up front. Let someone else have them. We want to sit together. And this this woman was having none of it. I had to go sit by myself. And I basically told her, I'm not doing that. And somebody who was already seated, down, seated, seated said to me, are you Kevin from the podcast? And I thought, oh, oh great. Gosh. <laughs> well, it got even worse once we went video because then they knew what we right. looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we get, we, you know, it used to be we would get spotted on our voices. Yeah. Now we get spotted <laughs> on our faces. I know you've got, a, I know you've got a, the things you want to get through. Can we real quick go around and talk about our first interaction with a guest? We talked, a, a listener, we talked about ours. Was that um, doing the, the uh, Christmas party? Oh, I don't remember. And someone was saying, does anybody want to do first? I do. Some man took a picture of me, and then everybody standing in line was taking pictures, and one lady finally leaned over and said, who are you? Dustin, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, well, mine was, uh, mine was at the first um, New England meet, Dis meet, that I went to. I think it was the second one that they did. Um, but it was that first welcome dinner, and I was so overwhelmed. It was uh, because you had a whole room full right. of, of listeners, and uh, that was very overwhelming for me. But then... As I started walking around, talking to people, meeting people, just realizing that all of them 
and us we're all just normal people and you know not all of them well <laughs> stop <laughs> made fr- made friends with a lot of people and um that was a really good first experience for me to have and, and directly after that uh i think shortly after that i went on my first podcast cruise and that was times five you know so those were my first experiences well like i said when you know when we polled the audience about their favorite that's no that's this thing um I thought that was the noise for polling the audience <laughs> yeah we polled the audience for their favorite moments they can you know as you know we're thinking about you know the first time we we did a podcast cruise and things like that they were much more specific and certainly um, some of the uh, some of the favorite moments absolutely related to Kevin's dining reviews. Um, I consider it a seminal moment in the history of this show. Yes, when Kevin did his coral reef review and described the sad little crab cake. I just remember because it was very early on. It was his first review. Yeah. It was very early on uh, in this format. And I remember that review getting so many people's attention and saying, you know, I didn't really like what they were doing before, but now I think I'm going to start listening because that was that was hilarious. Um, as well as the, the Coral Reef came up quite a bit. The Liberty Tavern, Liberty Tree Tavern review came Sean up. Sean was there with that for that. Quite a bit. Sean was there for that. And, uh, <laughs> Into the mic. Yes, I was. I really have been away a long time. <laughs> Not it's to like- mention. It's and, like we're sitting at the kitchen table just talking. But I think more than anything, more than any of your reviews, the one that was mentioned repeatedly was your review of Shutters. Oh. Oh. And uh, Kim Olson wrote, one of the first shows I listened to was the famous Shutters review on June 16th, 2010. I loved it for several reasons. It showed that the Diz is not one to fawn over Disney, but provides a critical eye to both successes and flaws at Walt Disney World. Second, it was absolutely hysterical. Kevin is one of the funniest people I've ever heard. Finally, I believe it was one of the motivations for Disney to change the management and culinary expertise at CBR, and I think we are all better for it. Um, Staying at the CBR next week and may actually eat at the new and improved shutters, if only to say that I have... uh, that I have been at the scene of this fabulous review. And uh, we actually have um, Dustin put together a highlight clip from that review that I was listening to this morning and literally had tears <laughs> running down my eyes. So uh, we're going to leave the mics open um, so that uh, we can at least hear our laughter. Um, but we want everybody here to like try not to talk because so, it's going to get confusing on the, uh, on the audio. So here is an audio clip from Kevin Shutter's review from June sixteenth, two thousand ten. Very much for that. We're going to move on and let Kevin close tell us about what he has indicated to me: the worst dining experience on Disney property ever. Oh no! Shutter's Restaurant at the Caribbean Beach Resort. So John had ordered um, the Caribbean pork ribs with. A mild chipotle vanilla glaze, and I ordered something called the Land and Sea, which is a grilled skirt steak with chimichurri sauce and shrimp and cilantro lime butter. The ribs had a vague taste of Yankee Candle. (laughs) Barbecue and Yankee Candle. It was like if you were eating ribs in a Yankee Candle. (laughs) It was the worst flavor combination I've ever had in my life. Now, John says, he says, what would you like to go with that? 
we have rice, we have mashed uh, sweet potatoes, we have, and the other choice is steamed vegetables. John said, what are your steamed vegetables? It was yellow squash and zucchini. I do not know how they made steamed vegetables tougher than they were raw. <laughs> I think they were cut from uniroyal tires. You couldn't, but John says, bite through this. Just bite through any piece of it. So you tried to bite a piece of the zucchini, and it was literally like eating inner tube. And I thought, how did you do this to a zucchini? Yeah, that's pretty hard to do. So now John's got to place a, a plate of Yankee Candle <laughs> ribs and vegetables made from inner tubes. And we're, we're sitting there with this giant plate of mashed sweet potatoes, and this is what we're raving about. Um, they brought Any me, port in a storm, you know? They brought me out my land sea, and it was a grilled skirt steak. When I tell you it was the thickness of... I'm looking at it. This is what this is. This is it. Your iPhone is about six times thicker than my skirt (laughs) steak. And I do not know how they got a skirt steak that raw. Esperate medium. It was more well done before they cooked it. (laughs) Now, when he says this looks, he cut into it and took a picture. It looks it, like a spleen. It, <laughs> a spleen. A spleen that has a bite taken out of it. It's very CSI, isn't it? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty tolerant of the temperature of my meat. I can go up or down in temperature. I could not eat this. It was absolutely... People, when you see this picture... So, wait, and then... I thought, well, where are the shrimp? You had to lift up the autopsy. <laughs> and the shrimp were underneath it, and they had been boiled until... You know, remember those pink erasers when you were a kid in school? And they had that... that they were like really rough pink erasers. That's what they were. And it looked like a bum had sneezed on them. <laughs> there was this green clop. And you can see it. You can see it around the. It looks like it, it looks like like a British Petroleum prepared for dinner. <laughs> like they, 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 it's like there's they oil spill off the, sh- right. off the beach. There's an oil spill right. on your plate. Trust me, that joke was made. <laughs> throw, throw vanilla ribs on the spill. <laughs> oh Lord! That's like my Vietnam. I just had flashbacks of that horrible, horrible dinner. Oh, now, God. with that said, with that said, I, I don't know if you guys have been back since. We were there uh, a year or so ago, and they have changed everything. I mean, new new yeah. head chef, new culinary team, new new menu, and the food was outstanding. There's we a lot there. of places we haven't been back right. to and have not reviewed, and we're going to really concentrate I think on we doing have that. To, I think we have to do a re-review of, of Shutters. Almost everything. Uh, one of the things we learned quickly early on was people wouldn't believe us unless we had photos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. And I don't know whatever possessed me on the first review I ever did to take a picture of that stupid crab cake in the middle of that truck the tire massive, plate. Massive, massive plate, yeah. And Which they changed it. Right. Like weeks later, two weeks later, it was gone. Yeah. And it, we've now learned, you know, it's when you rave about stuff, you don't need the pictures. It's when, if you're describing something as an autopsy, you have yes. to have a picture of it. There have been times when we've gone out and done reviews, and afterwards we've said, I'm owed a meal. That's right. Pete owes us a meal. We're going someplace good to eat. <laughs> so bad. One of the that was that one made of me them. laugh the hardest was when John described the dessert at Cinderella's Royal Table as a blood clot. <laughs> <laughs> it's that pear thing. Oh, my God. Uh. Now, uh, Kevin, talk uh, talk a little bit about some of your uh, your favorite moments. My favorite moments are not that specific. Well, there are some of them are pretty specific. We did an event at Mouse Fest, 
And we were all in this big ballroom, and we were all behind this folding table, and they opened the doors, and I was overwhelmed. There were people waiting in line to talk to us. And I think to myself, who would wait in line to talk to us? They were running across the room to get us. Who would wait in line to talk to me? Mm -hmm. You know, I... I'm available anytime somebody... This was a big shock to me. Um, I remember the very first party we did where you told us we should stand across the street and, like, so people would have to funnel through us and we could hear people coming from the front of the park. Mm -hmm. It was a little intimidating. I've talked about the fact that I didn't really think anybody was listening to us at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I kind of thought we were just putting this out in the air. And a man wrote and told us that he listened to us he was an overnight trucker in Scotland and I don't know why that seemed so exotic to me the world seems a little bit smaller now that we've been out to visit people and see things like that but there was a man who listened to us in a salt mine Mm -hmm. worked in a salt mine so those things were um, big things to me but the thing I've gotten the most out of this is I've become a firm believer in the power of good thought um, and while I'm on this topic, I just want you to know I asked you all to think good thoughts about Carol Bowling, and there has been a positive outcome. From oh, that. good. So I am a firm believer that the power of positive thought and power of positive thought from a whole bunch of people is a powerful thing. I think the people we get to meet. Every once in a while, you get an email from someone who's just completely unhappy with everything you do. And my human nature is to fixate on that. And all I have to do is take a step back and think to myself, okay, he doesn't like it. She doesn't like it. This many people, ooh, sorry, I did it again, Dustin. That's okay. This many people love it. You know what I mean? So I think it's the fact that I've gotten to make amazing friends. I've gotten to meet amazing people. I've gotten to meet people from all over the world. And those are the things that. Jerry, get up on a Tuesday morning and think, I don't want to do this. I got other things I got to do today. You know, I've got things, places to go. And I think to myself, you hear these stories all the time about people who say, listen, I was going through chemotherapy and your shows yeah. made me laugh. Um, I was going through a really rough time. I, you know, had a hard time in my life. And listening to you guys talk about Disney makes it better. And I think to myself, I got to get up. I got to go do it. Yep. I got to keep doing it. Absolutely. So mine are not as specific as other people's. As I said, I don't revisit this show very often. Mm-hmm. The only time I ever really revisit the show is if somebody said I said something, I think, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> so that would be my favorite things. Yeah, I'd like to piggyback on that uh, for a second, too, because, you know, we had talked about, you know, all the people we meet. And I think everybody at this, um, you know, on the podcast in one way or another has, you know, re- received good thoughts or support in one way or the other, maybe as a whole, but sometimes individually. I can, you know, for me and Julie, we... Uh, you know, with Ferris, that it's one thing to break, uh, I don't want to say break news, but tell your family that your son was born with Down syndrome. It's another thing to come on air and say, okay, I'm telling a bunch of people that I've never met before. And the outpouring of support that we received from that was like, it was life changing, especially for the show. It, it was life changing that, you know, it's, you know, they were friends. They're friends now, not, right. not listeners. Well, that uh, it amazes me that there's that much goodwill for us out there. Mm-hmm. That uh, was one of the things that was brought up uh, when we polled the the audience. Leslie Sawhook wrote, uh, "Quote: We started listening to the podcast back when Corey and Julie were pregnant with Ferris. I felt like part of the family as I listened as Julie would talk about the pregnancy, and after he was born, 
She would bring him to the podcast and talk about him, and you could hear him in the background. I'll never forget pulling into work. I'm a special, special education teacher while listening to the podcast and Corey and Julie announcing that Ferris had Down syndrome. I love their amazing words and knew right away that a special family was meant to be. Another highlight is after the show, Julie got a lot of follow-up from fans and her response to some of them uh, her response to some of them with her stuff your sorries in a sack has always resonated with me. Love it. I sent Julie a Down Syndrome Awareness Bracelet that our local Down Syndrome Association makes to show our support and have always loved hearing their stories about him and watching him grow up through their amazing photos. Thanks for allowing us to be part of your lives. Mm-hmm. Julie um, still wears that bracelet. She still wears it. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, that, that's been, you know, you talk about unintended consequences of, of, of doing a show and, and things like that. Yeah. You know, the, uh, the kind of connection that we've been able to make with folks who listen to the show um, really definitely not something we went into this thinking about you know Kevin talks about the uh, uh, the, the guy in Scotland driving to work listening to the show for me that moment came uh, it was October of 2006 it was very very early on in the show uh, it was uh, my friend my friend now uh, John Moland from Australia who wrote in and that there was somebody in Australia listening to us <laughs> just blew my mind um, it changed my perspective of this. And uh, I, I, I dubbed him at that point uh, Diz Podcast Fan Number One. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that, had a real, that had a real impact on me, knowing that people as far away as Australia were listening to us. And but doesn't it make the world a whole lot smaller oh, for you? Sure because does. now when you hear, like yesterday, there was a tornado up in, um, outside of Boston, that you think of the people that you know up there. First and, thing that comes through my mind. You know, but just, you know, how amazing is it that we can say that we have friends in like Australia or New Zealand or Japan, just all over the place. Wow. How cool is that? Exactly. I don't know if you all remember this. We recorded it at your dining room table. I remember it was yesterday. And one of our listeners wrote in that her husband was in Iraq and that she felt alone and was kind of scared and that she listened to us for sort of friendship and support. Um, her name is Michelle, and I'm sure I'm embarrassing the daylights out of her, but I told her if she had, didn't have anything else to do and she wanted to email me, she should email me, and we could become pen pals. Well, Michelle and I have become great friends to this day. So it, it, it you do silly little things that you think are inconsequential, and all of a sudden you realize that you've made a connection, and those things kind of startle you, but they're, you feel lucky afterwards. One of the other um, things that listeners have uh, identified as one of their one of their favorite moments Don't was <laughs> Tutus for Tana. He, he knew it was coming, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and it just turns out we have a clip. Oh, good. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, from Air you? Canada. Yep. That was a good story. Kudos to them. Good for them. Good for uh, good Tanner. For, uh, Tanner. Gonna go to Disney World. That's very cool. What was the Ren called that he was going to? Tutus for Tanner. Is that Canadian? <laughs> what is Tutus? I don't know. I can make sure I said it right. Tutus. T U T U S for Tanner. Tutus. Isn't that their money? No, they were meanies and toonies. I'm like joking. Okay, where are my Canadian friends? I know I'm not crazy. (laughs) I know I'm right about this toonie thing. Somebody's going to write it and say I'm right. 
What, how do you spell it, John? T-U-T-U. Isn't it tutu? Tutu. T-U-T-U-S. Tutu is for Tanner. Would that be? Oh, it would be an apostrophe. That would be possessive. That's tutus. I don't know. That would be Desmond Tutu. All right, so why does tutus make sense for a boy in a wheelchair? Maybe that's what he's into. I don't know. Let the boy dance. I don't know why they give the boy tutus. I don't know. It's a special tutus for all of us. Tutus make more sense than tutus. (laughs) Julie said it's their money. Maybe his mother makes tutus. I, I have a lot of girlfriends that make tutus for little, like for little boys? girls. For little girls, and you sell them, people buy them like crazy. Are we sure know. Tanner's a boy? I didn't look under his tutu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have under- a story to piggyback. Oh, no, that was just Okay, go ahead. I have a story to piggyback. John is one of the smartest people I've ever met. Agreed. He also, he's very thoughtful. He thinks things through. He, he's very methodical. Good, good way I'm to describe not. it. We're driving along 192 one day, and he says to me, who would name a hotel that? And I said, what? He goes, that hotel is named the Mona Lisa. And I said to him, what hotel? He goes, that a hotel right there. He said, that's two words. He says, Mona Lisa. I said, no, say it again. Read it again. Well, he went through this at least ten times. So I said, do you think that could be Mona Lisa? I goes, oh my gosh, now it makes so much more sense. The hotel has changed names. It's the hotel right out in front of Celebration. But this, every once in a while, we'll drive by. The Mona Lisa. The Mona Lisa. I like how I got indignant. Well, tutus doesn't make any sense either. I think of that every time I'm in a store and I see a tutu, I think of John. Tutus. Yeah. Yep. Um, the other, uh, you know, you, you talk about you know, specific words or little phrases that have resonated and stayed with uh, uh, with, aud- with our audience over the years. Spooktacular, Walter's uh, Walter's spooktacular, mm-hmm. um, and uh, of that course, was funny because it was such a surprise from Walter. Right. He was I, uh, and he was he was prepping that for months. <laughs> it was it was he, funny because you, you didn't know. expect it from him. He was sitting on that, and just so that everybody knows, uh, Walter's doing great. Walter has uh, actually gone back to work in his field. He's a licensed clinical social worker by by training, and he has gone back to work in his field. That's why you don't see him around, but he's still very much in the picture. Also, I want like people to know, too, that every once in a while, Walter will help out at the Welcome Center. Yes. Yeah. So you might see him there. You might run, at, run into Walter out in the Welcome Center every so often. But uh, the other, probably the most famous single word to come out of this show in eight years, Mojitos. Oh, the uh, Bobisms. From, from, from Bob's review of Rick's Lounge at Coronado Springs. And I believe we have a clip from that. We do. Somewhere around 12 bucks uh, for a martini. It's ridiculous. ridiculous. Okay, hold on. It's going to get better. Uh, Mojitos? Mojitos. Kevin had a mouthful of soda. Mojitos. How much are the Mojitos? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, my God. I can't breathe. <laughs> okay, in this rarefied air. Oh. 
<laughs> the pomegranate is 12 bucks. Pineapple and Passion is 12 bucks. Rick's Bouquet uh, is, what is that? Bacardi Raz and Champagne Monument served with a rose petal, 15 bucks. A Bacardi Monument? But, no, a, what? No, a Champagne <laughs> Monument. What's a Champagne Monument? It's like a, one of those tall glasses. Don't you know nothing? <laughs> Do you know your Mojitos? <laughs> Do you know about the Mojitos? I knew how to say creme anglaise. Okay, margar- margaritas at 10 to 14 bucks. With tequila? Frozen margarita. <laughs> Grand marina. Okay. Now, I want to get to the... Oh. Don't you know nothing? Is there tequila in this? Because of him. Yeah, uh, Lord knows, Lord knows Bob Varley brought many, many of those moments to the show. Of course, you know, uh, one of the, uh, probably the single most moving uh, moment in the last eight years for me was when he died, the outpouring of support that we and his family received from our, from our listeners. Um, you know, I, every so often, usually around the anniversary of his death, I go back on the boards and I read that thread from the yeah. point where I posted that he had passed away, and then just kind of what ensued after that. Um, just still to this day blows me away. Um, and you know, obviously we miss him very much, but we insist on keeping his name, his memory, and his contributions very much alive in this show. Uh, it's why we do a memorial uh, show every year. Um, I know for those who have been around for a while, that get that may get a little repetitive. But we add new listeners every year, and anybody who comes uh, to listen to this show or to watch this show, at some point I want to make sure they know who he was and have them go back and listen to some of those uh, some of those episodes. You know, it's interesting. I, I went through all of the uh, responses that we had on the Facebook poll that you put up about this, and um, a lot of them uh, a, a lot of them came from new listeners, and a lot of them mentioned uh, the. Uh, memorial shows and saying that that inspired them to go back and listen to the older episodes and kind of get us uh, get to know us and Bob a little bit better. And I don't think there is anyone who has followed that advice that isn't glad that they did. Yeah. Right. Um, you talked earlier about a team, and it was you and John and me and Corey and Bob was the team, and then Julie came on, and then Kathy came on, and Teresa and they were new additions to the team. When Bob passed, I thought Bob was so important to all of this that I didn't think we were going to make it. I didn't think we would go on. It was going to be too big a hole to fill. And yeah, I really, I didn't think we would ever go back to it. I, I thought, I was thought it. I, there was a, a period of time, not a long period, but there was a period maybe of a couple of weeks where I was saying to myself, we're not going to that I'm not going to continue doing the show without him. Um, but then realizing that if he were here or if he could speak to me, the last thing he would want is for, is for us to stop doing this. Um, and I also thought to myself, this is, a, this is my way of keeping his memory alive. This is my way of making sure that even though he's not here, People can still have, we, we, we were blessed for those few years to have that archive, that library of Bob, yeah. um, that people could go back and get to know him 
and fall in love with him, even though he's not here anymore. And I am so, so grateful for that. I don't want to belittle anyone who came after that. That wasn't my intent. I hope it didn't come across that way. No, not at all. It was just, it was such a shock. And it was so tight at that point. It was very disruptive. Right. It we didn't like have, we didn't this open this up open. to anybody else. I mean, this wasn't like there was a, any kind of sort of switch in, switch out kind of thing. This was kind of a nucleus and that was gone. Right. And everybody that came after has come after that has certainly added immensely to it. But at that time, I didn't think we were going to make it. Well, that's why we have never filled the fifth seat at the table. There's these three seats. Kevin, John, and myself. There's the seat that's occupied by either Corey or Julie every week. And then there's the fifth seat that was Bob's. And we have Kathy, we have Teresa, we have Jenny Lynn. Um, we have other people that will come in and fill that role. But we have never filled that fifth seat. That was something I said from the beginning we were never going to do. No disrespect to you or Teresa or Jenny Lynn or anybody else. Um, but that, that, for me, if I put somebody else in that seat, permanently that it would be my way of saying I'm replacing Bob now obviously you can never replace Bob but the symbolism of it was important to me that to say that no no one person is ever going to replace Bob Varley on this show I won't allow it I won't allow it Um, because for me no one will ever replace Bob so um, but with that being said with that being said um, the energy and perspective and contributions made by Kathy and Teresa in particular um, should never be overlooked. Um, that gave them the opportunity to come on to the show. And both of them have, you know, brought something wonderful and special into it. You know, Kathy brings that, that, that just, she's a fan. She's a fan. Mm-hmm. End of story. Kathy's a fan of Disney. And Kathy looks for the good in everything no matter what the situation is no matter how badly Disney screws up (laughs) and sometimes she drives me nuts with that but she always looks for the good Teresa Teresa brings that that Teresa Teresa brings brings that Teresa-ism she has that wide-eyed wonderment of things she She does sort of you know Deer in the headlights. She has that. <laughs> you know, she has, she you know, she has a certain perspective on things, and it's very. It's. It's. I shouldn't say very unique. Nothing is very unique. It's a unique perspective. Um, and, you know, you know the and and then of course, you know the boys in the back there. Um, and certainly God knows what they brought to the show. Um, the so, but in terms of that that fifth seat, Bob's seat never ever be replaced on the show not while i'm sitting here um but uh, and beyond people i mean there's been a huge amount of change from how we first recorded and kevin talks about recording at your dining room table right. and then being you know cramped in the little room and then now the bigger room do you so, remember three two ones i do remember three two ones <laughs> when we won't i needed an edit point yeah, yeah. Two um but in, in speaking of bob the last video that bob recorded uh for us well, actually, he did it on his own. We didn't even know he was doing it. And we don't have it to play, but we will have a link to it in the show notes page. It's on the old Diz Unplugged YouTube channel. Was uh, how to make a doll whip, um, but not from... It's how to make a fake doll whip, basically. Because right. yeah. that's what he was going to do on the show, was bring us 
fake Dole Whips. Instead, he ended up bringing empty Dole Whip containers, which <laughs> certainly was another one that was mentioned by our, our listeners did as a favorite moment. Did you want to get the moment. snot out of him that I day? I did, because I really thought, I really thought he was, he was coming up with a... Uh, with, with coming out with doll whips, but that, it turns out that that by a landslide had the most um, instances on that Facebook poll. Really? Yeah. The empty doll whip containers. Yeah. yeah. So, Kathy, let's talk to you a little bit. Favorite moments from the uh, past eight years? Well, for me, I can remember the first time I came to the podcast and I did a review of the Wilderness Lodge, and as a fan who had watched the show since it started um to be in the podcast room for me was just something else and it's only gotten better you know yeah, since kathy then. was the first listener to break break into the mm-hmm. inner sanctum <laughs> can i tell people something that i don't think a lot of them know we used to record the entire podcast in what is now the nook yeah when you look back at the nook there was a a wall uh, right where the edge of that, pretty much just a little bit yeah. further out from where the edge of that desk is. Yeah. And that little room with blue shag carpet um, was the room that we recorded the podcast mm-hmm. in. And then we eventually knocked out, I knocked out that wall. And uh, God help everybody if you had to use the bathroom. Right. The whole table had to get up. And move. We used to tell the person who sat where you're sitting, go to the bathroom before yeah. you sit down. <laughs> And another personal favorite for me was um, last year getting to go to um, Massachusetts for the Give Kids the World event. And I got to go back to the town that I grew up in when my dad was in the Army, Fort Devens. And I had told my kids about this. I still get goosebumps thinking about it. But getting to go back, because I'm sure pretty much all of you have gone to where you grew up. I never had that luxury. And it was on my like bucket list to go back and see where I lived and to get to take Katie and show her, you know, all because of the podcast. And then getting to meet, you know, for me, getting to meet the people we talk to, you know, and we interact with on Facebook, to get to meet them in person. You and Teresa, in particular, I think have raised that to an art form. Um, the way you guys are at these meets and the friendships that you make. Um, you know, we're going to go see Evelyn uh, mm-hmm. next week up in up in Canada. And the reason the rest of us are going because of the relationship that the two of you form with Evelyn. And Evelyn's like my long lost sister. I, I mean, know. all the people up in Nova Scotia, and that's not to take anything away from any other event that we ever went to. But when we it's special when we went up to meet Evelyn, she just came across. So, you know, like I've got to do this and do this. And Teresa and I are like. We're going to have a code word or a signal. We're going to do something for when this Evelyn person just gets out of hand that we have to get out of there. And we get up there, and Evelyn was so nice. So you know what she's like. Oh, yeah. You know, that it's like. Evelyn's special. Yes. She really is. And I said to everybody that we met up in Nova Scotia, I it's like my extended family. See, so is Evelyn's mom. Yes. Oh, Rita. Evelyn's mom is yes. awesome, isn't she? And the fact that we know Evelyn's mom is amazing. I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Uncle Lewis. Uncle Lewis. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Well, you know, it's, uh, for me, connecting with people like that is very difficult. Um, it's not something I do. Um, I don't develop close friendships like that with a lot of people. With Evelyn, it just clicked. Just clicked. And I know with some people it's going to click with, some people it's not. 
Evelyn is one of those people. It just clicked from the very beginning. I just think, like for me, meeting the different people and interacting with them, um, as a Disney fan, I'm sure we've all had it that, like, you're into Disney? You, you like Disney? You're, you're going there again? And at least with all of our listeners, they get it. You don't have to say anything else. You just say the word Disney and everybody, they understand. Because I can remember when I first started, um, I would get emails from people that say, you say you know a lot. And it wasn't that I was saying you know because I'm nervous. It was, I don't need to explain to you how to walk down Main Street. You know. So it's like that was my shortcut. It's like I don't have to give you the whole song and dance for something. You pretty much know all this stuff. So, you know, it's just been great meeting everybody. Well, you know, Teresa, uh, obviously not here today. She's actually uh, been updating Facebook with every moment <laughs> of her drive to Biggsville, Illinois. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I know certainly one of the uh, one of the milestones for me in doing this show was moving, uh, going live, uh, going to a, a live show, a live video show. Uh, and uh, the concern everybody had in the weeks and months leading up to that, that uh, I was going to slip and I was going to use a colorful metaphor uh, or inappropriate language that we would otherwise have edited out of the show in the previous iteration that we weren't going to be able to edit out of it once we went live. Well, it turns out it was Teresa who was the first person. But we have to ask. Who did we all think was the most likely one? You're right. You're right. Well, you pointed point the finger at me, and it turned out I didn't. But, you know, even before that, we were just audio. Um, Peace started saying, okay, this is an unedited show. Everybody watch what you say. Yep. We, us? Us? Yeah. <laughs> we, we need to watch what we say. I had to edit out. I did the editing for a number of years. Let me tell you, I had to edit out all of you at some point. Yeah. Um, There's always something you said that you regretted. Whether it was a curse word or just something you phrasing. felt a phrasing, and afterwards we would call you and say, "I'm not comfortable that I yeah, said yeah, that." Could right? You take Can you take out? that out? Right. All the time I would get those. Um, Chris Monty wrote, "I have been listening now, watching since the beginning. Two stand out: when Bob brought the cooler full of Dole whips, and two when Teresa was the first one to curse." I laugh often, though. Uh, so many good memories from the days. I truly feel like I could be friends with all of you. And actually, I feel like I am. From Pete's rants to when Corey and Julie announced being pregnant with Ferris, John and Kevin's reviews, and Teresa and Kathy getting in shape. I laugh, cry, and look forward to all you share with us. Thanks so much for continuing the show these eight years. My life is enriched from it, and I learned so much Disney from you. I am sort of the Disney planner for an awful lot of people here in Eastern Oregon, and my knowledge has grown massively thanks to the Diz. Way to go, team. Um, and I think we have a, a clip of Teresa's, yeah. an edited clip yes. of Teresa's faux pas. Okay, here we go. Oh, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you look at Cliff. He's aging naturally. He's not, got, he's not been injected with all this but crap a, and well, you know Botox what? and Okay. Little, oh, got it. Live. We got it. Finally, I was waiting. Right. When was it going to happen? Let's mark it When down. was it going to happen? And it wasn't me. Sorry, it sorry. wasn't me. <laughs> and the chat room explodes. <laughs> Did they catch that in the chat? Oh, yes. Uh, well, oh, yes. All right. First, let's, we'll try and avoid the commenting on how much thinner I was. 
uh, in that. But. It was interesting to see the different shots too. The, yeah, uh, like yeah, we were doing a wide shot yeah. at that point, which we're not doing anymore. But thank God. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's certainly certainly a, a memorable moment. I think we may have skipped over one. Um, I don't know if, at least in my order, I haven't. I'm going back up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm sorry. Cool. I just. Yeah, as I a got conversation, it. conversation occurs, you're doing them. I got it. Right. Yeah, I know. Okay. I realize. Yeah, anal retentive boy wants to work off the list. <laughs> oh no, I need to. I need to be a little more flexible. Well, that's cool. What being a producer does, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, it's, it's no. He did all this. He put all this together for me. So all good. Um, so uh, Corey, let's uh, talk to you. I mean, a lot of mine have already been mentioned. Um, you know, a lot of the highlights. But I think more recently, um, since we've gone video, I think the. I think the funnest I've had was doing the seven and sevens. You know, do, oh, go, yeah. going to all these resorts, um, you know, I think I'm coming up on 13 years at the Diz, but it was so fun going to all these resorts, um, photos, video, updating the content, and then reporting back to it on the show and showing what we've, what we've gathered in our day there, our night there. But I think that was definitely one of the big moments uh, that I remember more recently. The seven and sevens. Well, I know we and a lot of people bring up the uh, seven and sevens. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, are you going to switch to me or not? <laughs> um, uh, a lot of people bring up the seven and sevens as uh, some of their favorite segments and ask when we're going to do them again. Um, I will let everybody know uh, the seven and sevens will be done again starting early next year um, with a little bit of a twist. A little bit of a twist. But you can count on the beginning of the year early on in 2015 we'll be doing the seven and sevens again but i agree those were a lot of fun they were um uh one of my favorite moments and certainly one of yours uh one of the funniest moments on the show came on our email show uh august 26th of 2010 (laughs) when john graced us with this Cool, I read a thing online the other day about five parents tell their kids, and one lady wrote about food, and one lady wrote it and said her mother convinced her that when the ice cream man rang his bell, that Minnie was out of ice cream. Horrible! <laughs> Horrible! I thought that was the funniest thing. That's pretty good. I hate ice cream men. We have one that comes to our neighborhood. The minute we walk it's out the with our no, money, yeah. they pick up and drive away. Well, isn't it like a not nice looking van with like a big sticker on the side and the guy looks kind of shady like driving it. No, this is we have a pretty nice looking one, but oh, he won't ever not stop. the one that comes to our neighborhood. <laughs> we have one that his horn or whatever is he moves like a cow. <laughs> and we have fields in the back of our house. Like that's how he calls. Like there you go, chubby. Here I am. <laughs> Cupcakes and drive by. I like shopping at Publix and make a pink oink noise. We all the home. <laughs> all right. Oh, oh, John, John. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> it's a rocket party. <laughs> 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 
Lord in heaven. What did that have to do with... Okay, never mind. It was the email. Where did we go to the... Okay, okay. we gotta, we got we got to bring the show to a close. Our <laughs> listeners had a webcam to see this. Oh, my Lord. Every time, Lord. I, every time, every time I start seriously thinking about broadcasting the show, live video, then we have a show like this, and it's like, no. <laughs> There have been times, and it gets funnier because you can't speak. I was just going to say, some of my favorite on-air moments are when you laugh uncontrollably. And everyone tries to talk, and you're still over there thinking about it and laughing. Well, well, that one, I still keep wanting to go out and maybe get in the video or the audio from the truck because... Like I said, in that thing, when you hear that cow go off, I think it's the cows in the field behind us. But I hear from the other room, I hear Katie going, here's your rocket bar, you fat cow. <laughs> so to this day, every time the ice cream man comes through, Katie repeats your line. I'm glad I, I made still it to your think lexicon. it's that her mother convinced her that when the bell rang, he was out of ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, Lord. Now, we don't have... Does anybody remember what the context of Fudgy Pickle was? I know I no clue. I was out in Disneyland. Yes. We were talking about the fact that on Main Street, there's that coffee shop. And one of right. the things they had at the coffee shop, which surprised us, it was like coffee and a croissant and a scone and a blueberry muffin and a dill pickle. <laughs> okay. Because that Fudgy Pickle from the old Market House menu was one of the things it that came up a lot. That came up a lot. Oddly enough, um, we're going to go back to the uh, the nook. Uh, Dustin, what about you? Yeah, I think um, I have two favorite moments. One when I was a listener and one now that I'm a part of the show. Um, my favorite moment that I remember as a listener was when um, Bob was explaining a celebration that was happening in Claremont with uh, pig droppings coming out of a pig doot, <laughs> pig yep. doot <laughs> coming out of an airplane and he. Uh, yeah, that was hilarious. That was one of my favorites. That yeah. was. Do you abs- remember that he told us they were going to drop pig crap from an airplane? Yeah. And we saw that What goes on in Claremont? <laughs> <laughs> um, and and my favorite uh, my favorite moment now is um, I think anyway it, it definitely comes to mind is when we were on the podcast cruise and we announced that we were doing the the video show and we had the video packages produced. Um, live, you know, that we recorded in the studio was the first glimpse that anybody got to see of the studio, and then we did uh, we did the live show on the ship uh, right after that, and that, I think that was my first time hosting as well. Um, but uh, for the second part of the segment, but that was that was probably most like standout memorable moment on the show. Anyway, it's amazing the energy you get back from the live audience. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing how much they sort of <clears throat> boost you up. Mm-hmm. Because here it's us. And, you know, mm-hmm. every once in a while people snicker or they're doing their own thing. But when you have that audience in front of you and just they give you that back to you, it's incredible. Yeah. Do you remember the live show we did where we all sat in a line mm-hmm. and we couldn't see each other? Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden we all realized, this doesn't work. <laughs> it was You don't see anybody's facial reaction. There's no cue. Yeah, it's it tough. It's weird. It's a lot tougher. And we still have to do that like sometimes. That. Yeah, sometimes we have no choice yeah, when we do these shows on the road. Yeah. But... Uh, uh, other things that have been brought up as favorite moments on the show by our, our listeners, our 7 and 7 reviews, as I mentioned, are Alani live show from last year. Certainly one of the highlights yeah. for me, the energy going into that show. Um, that was the day after, right after we, we had arrived in, uh, we had arrived in, in Honolulu on a Monday, I believe it was. 
Yeah. And it was that that next day that we did that live show. We hit the ground running. And it was it was crazy, but it was absolutely um it all went off so well. Um we were so nervous <laughs> and it just had it was such a great experience. Um uh many people mentioned having Scotty Tuhati on the show. Um big uh WWE star uh, Scott Garland aka Scotty Tuhati has uh was just did a segment a few weeks ago. Yeah. Great segment with Jenny Lynn on Moms versus Dads, um, and he's been on the show a few times before. Um, the Christmas cookie competition got mentioned a few <laughs> times. Um, they really, they really enjoyed that. Um, they enjoyed Craig's mishaps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, one of the uh, one of the moments that stood out to Lauren Barnett, she says, "I'm a relatively new listener, so my favorite moment happened within the last year." It occurred on the 9-17-2013 show. Craig was describing his journey to attend the Friday the 13th event at Disney's Hollywood Studios. As he's wrapping up the story of how he and ultimately several other people walked to DHS, Sean describes it as a Disney trail of tears. <laughs> Pete lost it a little, but Dustin absolutely lost it. I was nearly in tears laughing at Dustin trying to compose himself as Craig and Sean went on to talk about the event. But he simply couldn't. Incidentally, this podcast also had one of my favorite Kevin Kevin one-liners. Quote: "Not everything is a snow leopard." End quote. <laughs> <laughs> Not everything is a what? Not everything is a snow leopard. <laughs> that was just you don't use that all the time now. <laughs> this is one of those things where somebody will say, "Do you remember when you said 'Not everything is a snow leopard'?" And I think. What well, context? That <laughs> Sean will throw out the nuggets. Like that's a nugget that Sean will throw out. The other one was the uh, the review we did in the Magic Kingdom of the Thanksgiving meal. What did you call that? The, the soup kitchen Thanksgiving. <laughs> that's coming up. That's coming up. That's coming up. But we do have some video of for those watching um, of. Uh, what she, what this, uh, what Lauren is talking about regarding Dustin's reaction. So, go ahead and play that. Noticing other people were following behind us. So, by the time we got to the security booth at Hollywood Studios, we had maybe like eight people. It was like the Disney us, Trail so. of Tears. It, but you know what? Then we figured they couldn't say anything to us. We finally had numbers. I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. What? Too soon? I don't know. <laughs> the Disney Trail of Tears. <laughs> But yeah, we, we went through a lot just to get there. And then I don't know if I was happy with it once we were there. Three and a half hours on I-4 and didn't move. Yeah, I, I was lucky enough I made it to Art of Animation, but from then on I had to walk. Yeah. So now once you're in the park and the event starts, you couldn't move around. I mean, it was pretty much impossible to get Yeah, so what happened, they really kind of corralled people to the front of the park. Um, I think in the beginning, just to kind of control the crowd, but then afterwards, because of the fireworks, because they were shooting them so close to the sorcerer hat. (laughs) Now, what's funny is, last night he asked me, should I I use this, the Disney Trail of Tears? And I turned around and said, why, too soon? And And I said the exact same thing. Boy, I gotta get some new reactions. I just remember feeling so bad about that. I don't know why I... Just seemed offensive to the Native American community. I don't know. It's funny. Um, that was uh, that was funny to watch. Um, Gregory, talk to me about your. Uh, my absolute standout moment is more personal than anything else, but it's uh, 
It, it was whenever the five of us, uh, you, Dustin, Sean, and Corey, whenever we all went to Disneyland to do the shows with oh, Tom yeah. Bells, just because that was, I was on the show at that point for about a month and a half. So I knew everyone kind of, but that's whenever I actually developed relationships with everyone yeah. and formed friendships. And uh, that's when you and Sean yeah, really and just kind of. Yeah, that's whenever we basically became best friends. That's when Kron so, happened. The kiss goodnight. Yeah, the kiss goodnight. <laughs> the kiss goodnight. I forgot about it. That would be my favorite moment, talking about the kiss goodnight with Sean. <laughs> you got so angry about I it. I forgot about that's that. That's the headboard, right? Yeah, the yeah, headboard. The, okay. I completely forgot, but a lot of that stuff. And then, obviously, to be on the parks, and just every time we all travel together, we just all build a bigger relationship with each other and become closer. Agreed. And that's, I mean, it's awesome meeting people and we say a lot of funny stuff on the show but you know in 50 years from now i'm not going to remember what i said all the time but i'm going to remember the friendships that i had right it's exactly happen a lot sooner than that yeah right 50 years is i'll probably be dead uplifting what craig brings is that he has that deadpan Delivery, and there was one show, and I don't remember what we were talking about, but you were doing a segment. At the end, you said, "I'm a storyteller." <laughs> kind of a storyteller. <laughs> I'm a storyteller. Um, one of our uh, one of our listeners, Stephen Gitler, uh, brought up when we had uh, the son of one of our Dreams Unlimited travel agents, Tracy Heinrichs, her son Ben on the show Ben is autistic and he shared what his experiences were like in the parks as a way to help shed light on what it's like for someone with autism in the parks uh, ranks among the very best shows we've ever done uh, for me and I think among a lot of I our agree. it's the one I'm the most proud of yeah mm-hmm. we have favorite moments that are fun that's the one I'm the most proud of and uh Stephen writes, The Ben Show, uh, I thought this was one of the finest things I've ever heard anywhere. Getting real-life, first-hand insight into what it's like for folks dealing with issues like this was remarkable. Very well done by an incredibly brave and articulate young man. Thank you for giving him the venue to do that. Um, I just had the pleasure of spending the better part of two weeks with Ben uh, and Tracy and Tracy's husband, Chris, uh, in Hawaii. Um, not only not only is he incredibly intelligent and very articulate, he is one of the funniest, <laughs> yeah, is funniest funny. people I have ever met, and he's quick. He is quick. He has this quick, and you know that's and it's true. It's a sign of it's a real sign of intelligence when someone has that the quick that wit. very very quick wit. He also has a very dry sense of humor. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, but he 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 lands he lands his punch with his jokes. He lands it every time. Um, and I won't share the funniest one yeah. because it would scare you. But um, really dark, very funny. Um, well, he he's he makes fun of himself and he makes fun of his situation yeah. in a very smart way, and I think that that's part of his humor. I think I, the ability to laugh at yourself right. holds everybody in good stead. I mean, everybody can benefit from that. Ben is good about it. Uh, he really has learned how to deal with the things that come up for him with with autism um he was phenomenal on this trip i mean he really did great and there was a lot of situations where it could have set off some things for him and it didn't and um 
just watching him grow into the young man that that he's become and he's taken a real interest in photography and editing um and so dustin and i were talking to him a lot about that we were doing some, yeah we had a lot of fun doing some a lot of photography together uh on that trip it was just so much fun he's such a great he's guy. a cool guy ben also comes from a family that is nurturing and loving but he also has a mother who's very funny yeah. And very sarcastic. True. Tracy is hilarious. Yeah, Tracy's great. So I think that that, you know, Apple doesn't far, fall far from that tree type of thing. We had, and they're going to be, uh, or at least Tracy, we're hoping, I don't think he can, but I'm hoping Ben can be here for, on August 19th for that show. Just saying, Tracy. No pressure. love for him <laughs> yeah. to be here. Um, but Tracy's going to be here uh, for the August 19th show. Talk about the experience we yeah. had. But uh, the... Um, I'm really looking forward to that, by the way, hearing your experience. Because we've talked a little bit, yeah. and I think we're doing the same thing. I think it's, I, I think it's going to be a good show. I'm, I'm really, really happy with the, the content we got. So, uh, Last but not least, let's talk to Sean uh, about some of your favorite moments. Um, most of mine kind of revolve kind of what everyone else is saying about the travel, the, the shows that we do when we're traveling, whether it's like the Disneyland ones or the Beyond the Parks ones, like the Alani show. Um, or even just like the, the meets that we go to. Two of the, the ones that really stood out for me was uh, the, the meet we did in Delaware back in November because my parents got to attend that one. So they got yeah. to see us taping a show live. That was fun. That was really cool. And then also uh, Dizapalooza, this past Dizapalooza at Hollywood Studios. My sister got to be there. So the next day when we did the live show, she got to be in the audience and watch how that all happened. And they watch at home, but it's really cool to share that and kind of have them there live. What was their reaction when they saw you doing it live? Oh, they hated it. They hated everything about it. <laughs> <laughs> Except for you. Yeah. Why don't they let Sean talk more? <laughs> I thought it was neat getting to meet your parents because it was sort of like you got to see where they came from. And I, you know, I'm, I'm still in contact with your parents. But yeah. No, that they, was really neat getting she to She stalks meet your parents. She <laughs> does. No, it, they loved it. They, they really enjoyed seeing kind of like the community part of it. Um, but also seeing us work and, and set up everything and all the work that goes into yeah. that and then coming up with all the, the topics, the slides, all that kind of stuff and how much it's produced. So, no, I, they really loved it. I've talked about this before. My mom used to ask John and I. She didn't believe we had real jobs. <laughs> and she would ask us if we needed money. And I took her to – there was a meet at the Poly before one of the podcast cruises. And I took her to the meet. And her response was, oh, my gosh, these people are real. <laughs> and I thought, well, she thought I had make-believe friends. So it, it's a great thing. It's fun. Well, uh, I've been peppering some of my favorite moments throughout, throughout the show, certainly uh, one that cannot go overlooked for me, are the opportunities to do the Give Kids the World fundraisers, um, which have just kind of every year, like, grown. Uh, not just the meets themselves are getting larger, but the number of meets are getting larger. Yeah. Um, seems like every year we're adding at least one new city. This year we're adding... Uh, we added Hershey, Pennsylvania back mm-hmm. in, in March and uh, Arizona in October. Um, and, you know, for me, those have been... Those have been great. We're raising money for a cause that is near and dear to my heart, um, that was very near and dear to Bob Varley's heart. That was the reason. That's what got us started doing this, was doing a fundraiser in his memory for Give Kids the World, because he was such a huge supporter. So this really stemmed from Bob um, and what it's turned into um, and the opportunity to meet so many people. Uh, in a much more intimate setting than when we do our Dizzapalooza, which I love our parties and I love our podcast cruises. Really, really hard to get to know people, though, in the context of, you know, 700 other people. 
So when we go to the meets, it's it's a little bit more intimate, and it's just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And how in awe I am of the creativity and hard work that our listeners put into putting these events on, and how much goes into it. Um, I'm humbled by that, and honored uh, to be uh, to be part of it. Um, and I know Give Kids the World is grateful for the efforts as well. Um, these last eight years have been amazing. Um, I have an archive of some of the best moments of my life over the last eight years, thanks to this show. Um, I've gotten to work with amazing people, these people that I sit in this room with, that I get to work with. I'm very blessed. Uh, I'm very grateful that I have that. The friendships that have formed here, uh, the friendships that have formed with many of you. Um, these things have changed my life. These things have made my life better personally. Um, when people thank me for putting on this show or doing what we do on the Diz, I shake my head because it's I who thank, need to thank you. Because if you don't show up, we have nothing to do. Um, we could sit here and do all this production. We could do all this stuff. But if you don't show up, you don't watch, you don't listen, you don't feed back to us, we've got nothing to do. So it's we who should be thanking you for these last eight years, for the last 17 years on The Diz, but specifically for the last eight years on this show. You have changed our lives, and you have made our lives better by becoming a part of what we do, and we thank you for it. Here's to eight more wonderful years. That's going to do it for us. For this episode, we hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next time with another edition of The Diz Unplugged. Take it easy, everybody, and again, thank you for eight wonderful years. Thank you.